0: Another round of roster cuts for the Minnesota Wild. So who's left, who did leave, and what is yet to be decided? We discuss all that and more today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, you can find Locked on Wild anywhere you listen to podcasts for absolutely no charge. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we look at the most recent round of roster cuts to get the Wilds roster down to 27 players, we look at who is left fighting for the final few spots on the roster and where we stand with particular players that have already made the team as of right now. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. My name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer. With well over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota sports teams, and now guiding you through the preseason here on Lockdown Wild. The Blues taking care of business in last night's preseason game. Winning by a score of 4-2. to two. Not a whole lot to take from it. The Blues had a lot of their regular players in the lineup. The Wild did not. Because it was an opportunity to take a look at a bunch of the young players that were still fighting for kind of that last audition to potentially be one of the players that makes this team out of training camp. We got goals from Mason Shaw, who we'll talk about in a little bit, and Tyson Jost. And it's interesting that um, we haven't seen a lot of the regular team during the preseason, as you'd expect. Kirill Kaprizov played the first game of the preseason and has been held out ever since, just trying to make sure that he's 100% for the uh, the start of the season, we've seen a majority of the other regulars scattered in and out, but we have not seen anything that would resemble the uh, the lineup to start the season. And so it's been a lot, as you'd expect, of just seeing some of these young players and how they handle um, NHL-like conditions, and which players impress and which players do not, and it just kind of whittles down piece by piece until you get the last few that uh, are actively trying to take one of those spots on the roster. And uh, so the Wilds' most recent round of cuts included the, uh, the following, in which uh, the Wild sent the likes of uh, Adam Beckman for one, uh, Mitchell Chafee, Ryan O'Rourke, and Nick Sweeney all down to Iowa. As we mentioned yesterday, Carson Lambos got another opportunity just as kind of a tip of the cap to him for a strong preseason, but he uh, was sent back to the WHL. Brandon Baddock and Zane McIntyre were both placed on waivers for the purpose of being assigned to Iowa, which left the Wilds training camp roster at 27. And as, as we alluded to, a lot of times, the difference between being a player that sticks around and a player that gets assigned back to your uh, respective league is just doing something that catches the eye of the coaching staff, playing well enough to deserve to continue to get opportunities. Um, and those guys that I mentioned, you know, a couple of those guys that uh, that were in this round of cuts uh, Ryan O'Rourke, I think, played uh, pretty well throughout the course of the preseason here uh, so far. But, you know, the, that decor is pretty solidly um, locked in at this point. And uh, as we will discuss, there was a player who I think the Wild are more intrigued by to be that uh, that seventh defenseman for now. So despite O'Rourke playing well, um here throughout the preseason, he just ended up being kind of the casualty of this round of cuts. And you know, Adam Beckman we've, we've talked about it a couple of times during the preseason. Last year's preseason absolutely you know, blew the doors off and was playing phenomenally well, and then just ended up being kind of one of the last ones left of before he was sent down to Iowa just really, really didn't get that same type of performance here this preseason. And uh, and so that's why he was sent down. And then, of course, Mitchell Chafee we saw a little bit last year with the Wilds um, during a couple of stints. Just not really any sort of signature highlights to really hang their their hats on from this preseason. So those guys ended up being that uh, that mostly final round of cuts. And then, of course, as, as alluded to, uh, Zane McIntyre, he is going to be the guy who, if there's an injury to the NHL roster, he'll be the one that gets the call up. I don't get the sense that the Wild will, unless there is an absolute rash of injuries to the goalie position, I don't get the sense that Jesper Wallstead is going to be, um, unless he absolutely lights the AHL on fire, I don't get the sense that Wallstead will be utilized in that way um, in his first action uh, in the AHL. So I think McIntyre is going to be the injury fill-in if needed for either Fleury or for Gustafson, depending on what happens there. So uh, McIntyre, kind of that last goalie that was sent down for, uh, for the Wild here. And then, of course, Brandon Baddock who uh, bashed his way through pretty much everybody, every chance he uh, had out on the ice. So those guys were close. Those are guys that we may see at some point here this season, but ultimately just ended up being the ones that uh, that were sent down. So uh, that was the most notable round of cuts. There is gonna be a few left before the roster is officially trimmed to its uh, its max level. So who's left? We will discuss the names that are still making the waves at uh, training camp as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, plus team matchups, news and podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can possibly find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source For all of your sports wagering information, with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. You can find all that and more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. And for Locked on Wild listeners, you can find our show along with all other Minnesota podcasts available on Roku and Amazon Fire TV as part of Locked on Sports Minnesota. More great local sports coverage 24-7 and it is free of charge. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. So who's left fighting for a roster spot for this Minnesota Wild team? Well, there are a couple of names that have made the now 27-player roster. You've got the likes of Nick Patan. You have also Stephen Fogarty, Mason Shaw, as well as Dakota Mermis and Andre Schuster. And uh, as Michael Russo notes in uh, his tweet earlier today uh, about the uh, initial cut down for rosters, Russo says he still thinks Marco Rossi, Nick Patan, Andre Schuster, and obviously Kalen Addison make the opening night roster, but the fact that Dakota Mermis, Stephen Fogarty, and Mason Shaw are still here speaks volumes. Mermis is a bit banged up. But coaches and the front office love the game of Fogarty and Shaw. Great camps by all three players. Um, Mason Shaw, as we mentioned, one of the players that scored against the Blues last night. And this is exactly what we talked about, is doing something that gets the attention of the coaching staff. Mason Shaw has done that anytime he has played throughout the course of the preseason. And so... Being a young player, coming in, doing your job, and impressing is the best way that you can potentially put yourself in a situation to make the roster, or at the very least, be someone that we are going to hear from at some point here uh, later this season. So, uh, with Shaw, you know, being a part of that mix in the forward group. 19 goals last season and uh, had 33 assists as well. So 52 points in 62 games played. Also 100 plus penalty minutes. So he's not afraid to mix it up. But he brings you a little bit of intrigue as uh, one of those players that fills out your roster that could play in a pinch. And his goal, he was assisted by uh, both Marco Rossi and Tyson Jost. And so works well with those guys, which would probably be one of the spots if he were to get a call up or if he were to make the team, would be one of those spots that he would be most likely to play. So Mason Shaw, one of the final players battling for a spot on this roster. And I left out a name that... Uh, I, I have seen a lot of people react to that, of course, being Sam Steele. We are, it looks as though the uh, the coaching staff likes the fit that he has with, uh, with Matt Boldy and Freddie Goudreau. So ultimately, I think his spot in the lineup, if he ends up being a player that plays is going to be one that is quickly uh, supplanted by Marco Rossi. I could see a more logical fit for um, Steele being 4th line center or 13th forward. He's got some good speed to his game, but as people have pointed out, and rightfully so, he he tends to get a little lost. Defensively, and you know, not that we were trying to sweep that under the rug over the uh, the last few days, but uh, he obviously had those couple of notable plays where he just got completely turned around in front of the net, and those couple of turnovers that led to uh, both goals. I believe it was the first preseason game for the Minnesota Wild against the Avalanche. So it's rightfully so, and which I think. It looks like the team is going to start with that. But if Marco Rossi does what we are expecting he'll do, that's not going to last very long. And then Marco Rossi will end up being the one that is getting those top six minutes. And so if, if Dean wants to go with that to start the season, okay, fine, I get it. Uh, but I wouldn't expect that Sam Steele will keep that spot for long and he ultimately will settle as either that fourth line center or the 13th forward that plays here and there Um, that could be also why we saw him at wing uh, after seeing him at center for most of the preseason is just to get a little bit of flexibility to where if somebody needs a rest uh, somebody needs a day off or is banged up and maybe misses a game then you can put him into that spot so it's it's looking like he's going to be somebody that solidly makes the roster, but ultimately the fit I think is more towards the bottom of the lineup with Rossi elevating. So that's that's enough. That's enough on Steele I think for now. Uh, the other guys we talked about, uh, Stephen Fogarty, just a, a tenacious skater, and uh, again another player who has impressed throughout the preseason. And is, is making this a uh, a difficult decision uh for the coaching staff in those final couple of cuts. Nick Patan, um and it's weird because you look at his size, five foot nine, one seventy-five, and you look at what the grief line is with Erickson Eck, Felino, and Greenway. Six three, six three, six six. So appearance wise. It doesn't seem like it should work, but yet it has. Patanas played well. He played well when he was matched up with Felino and Erickson Eck when that line played together. But again, he's been another player that has just done his job, put in the work, and has impressed this coaching staff to be one of those final players that is left on the chopping block. And on the defensive side, you know, we've we've talked and heard about Dakota Mymes over the last couple of seasons. you know he's one of those he's one of those Kyle Rau type players who maybe is you know is plays at at the AHL level, is capable of playing at the NHL level, but is, I think more of a a 4A or an aAHL type player. and so him having a a solid preseason too is something he's capable of. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I think he ends up being on the defensive side, somebody that gets called up, depending on how the injury situation is, on the defensive side of the puck. But Schuster has, just with his size alone, I think made that an easy decision on the defensive side that he ends up being the seventh defenseman until John Merrill is ready to return Um, because you, you look at John Merrill... And he is one of the taller defensemen on this wild core, uh, at six three. In fact, he is uh, with Jake Middleton, uh, one of the taller ones in that group. So Schuster coming in at six foot seven, two hundred seventeen pounds, that can translate. Uh, and so I think that's why Schuster is a shoe in, forgive the pun, to uh, to make the uh, the roster for this team. I would imagine Dakota Mermos will end up getting sent down to Iowa uh, before all is said and done. But if I had to if I had to commit to who is going to make this team, I think if you look defensively, it's obvious that Kalen Addison has made it. And so it's going to be Middleton, Dumba, Brodeen, Goligoski, Spurgeon, Addison, and then I'm going to say Schuster gets that Merrill spot in the lineup until Merrill is ready to return and then they'll make a decision at that point but at that point then I would hope the decision would be to uh, to send Schuster down if he's able to be sent down otherwise put on waivers and move Goligoski to that seventh defenseman and then on the offensive side the Greenway spot, I think, is going to go to Patan for sure, but I would really love to see Mason Shaw in an opportunity. I think he has skated well enough to earn it, and so we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But it's I think the promising thing is that there have been enough players that have performed well to make it a decision as opposed to making it an easy cut down and say, okay, this is the guy that we're keeping. The fact that there is a competition for it, um, I think is encouraging that there are plenty of players that could play their way into that spot. So that's where the roster sits as of right now. What is yet to be decided? Well, we'll take a look at that to finish up today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And again for Lockdown Wild listeners. You can find our show along with other Minnesota sports podcasts on Roku and Amazon Fire TV as part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. More great local sports coverage 24-7 and free of charge. You can download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. What's left to be decided with this wild roster? We talked about the players that are angling for those final couple of spots. And so the spots that are left to be decided, obviously the Caprizov line, set it and forget it. Kaprizov, Hartman, Zoccarello, that chemistry unmatched. And so that is going to be your top scoring line for this team to start the season. No surprise there. That's to be expected. The big one is what happens with the grief line, what happens with the Erickson eck line until Jordan Greenway is ready to return. There are a few different candidates that could end up taking a spot on that line depending on what you're looking for. Now, I noted the size, and we knew coming in that uh, Erickson eck and Felino are a couple of the bigger players on this wild roster at 6'3 each. And then Felino at 223, Erickson Eck at 207. Freddie Goudreau comes in at 6'179 pounds. Tyson Jost at uh, 5'11, 187. Sam Steele, 5'11, 184. I don't think Steele is uh, is one that uh, that will potentially push for that spot. Steven Fogarty, 6 foot 3, 200 pounds. And so does Fogarty challenge for that spot. Again, the only one that we've really seen with those two is Nick Patan. So will the wild in these final couple of preseason games or this final preseason game. Dean Evason has said that the final final preseason game will essentially be a dress rehearsal for the start of the season. You'd hope so, considering the uh, amount of line juggling that has happened with this team so far. But Fogarty has some size to his game. He also has the speed. He skates hard. And so maybe with his size, he could be a fit on that line with Eric Sinek and Felino until Greenway is ready to return. So that battle is one that is going to be... Um, a, a big one for the Wild to figure out because that was the best defensive line in hockey last year, and the Wild uh, are going to they're going to need some of that here this season with an expected slight drop in scoring uh, for this team. So who is the third member of the Erickson-Eck line is a big one. And then how do the other two t- lines fill out for this team we have seen on a couple of different occasions Brandon Duhame Marco Rossi and Connor Dewar paired together which leads me to believe that to start the season that line combo will probably be utilized by Dean Evason ultimately get Marco Rossi higher in the lineup I'm I'm just gonna keep saying that because that's what we need to see but ultimately, to start the season until some of the other guys come back from injury and until maybe Rossi gets a couple of games under his belt. If they want to go with that, I, I liked how that line played together. They've obviously got some chemistry. And so that would be a route that you could uh, could opt to go uh, to fill that line. Then that leaves Matt Boldy and Freddie Goudreau and Tyson Jost and... Sam Steele, some combination of that um, being put together as that Boldy line. So, what route do you go there? There are are options, as we listed, but um, what Dean Evison decides to do with that line, ultimately, I would imagine it starts as um, Boldy, Steele, and Goudreau slash Jost. So we'll uh, we'll get to see that within the first couple of games. But again, those lines are only as good as they perform. If they don't perform well, then they're going to get put in a blender. And then we'll see some of the things I think we, uh, we're more looking forward to seeing. The final one is the special teams units. And Michael Russo uh, had noted uh, earlier in the day that... Um, the special teams units for the Wild have performed very well throughout the preseason. The power play for the Wild through their preseason is at 20.8%, 11th in the league right now. More importantly, the penalty kill is at 91.3%, which is, best, uh, which is good for 7th best in the NHL. So the final one to figure out is what do those units look like we've seen. Any given night during the preseason, a couple of players that could be either power play one or power play two or penalty kill one, penalty kill two, what do those lines look like and can they replicate the success they've had so far when we get to the regular season? You'd hope so because that's been the one refrain I think that has looked pretty similar is no matter who's on the ice, those units have had... Uh, especially penalty kill. Those units have had the same level of success um, no matter who's out there on the ice. So it looks like the scheme has been altered. Who ends up manning those units? That's the final piece to the puzzle. And so those are the things that still need to be decided here before the regular season starts. So there is plenty to still keep an eye on here as the preseason draws to a close. And we will do just that. Locked on Wild will keep you up to date on all of this as we gear up for the start of the regular season on October 13th against the New York Rangers, so make sure you are staying up to date with us. Follow us on YouTube. Hit the notification button so that you don't miss out on any of our new videos. We are trending towards premiering videos so you have a chance to watch them live and interact with the rest of the audience in real time. So make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Wild on YouTube. Notifications on, follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts as well. We are on pretty much any platform that exists and are keeping you up to date on all things Minnesota Wild as the season draws closer. We are keeping you up to date and informed on all things Minnesota Wild with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.